So today we're going to talk about financial wellness and what that actually means for your company. We're going to break this down into basics because I know that there's going to be listeners who are just getting started and really want to understand what financial wellness means for themselves and for their companies. And so let's just get into it. First thing I want to talk about when we're diving into financial wellness is your overall big picture of your financial capacity of your business. Okay, that sounds like a lot of complex words and we don't know the meaning of those quite yet. So let's talk about financial wellness from a very simple place, meaning like let's look at your household income and your expenses. It's very much like a business where, you know, you have income that is coming in from your sales, from products, from your services. Maybe you have some Amazon sales, things like that, that are coming in. And that is actually considered cash flow in. It's also called gross revenue, sales, product sales, all those things. So that's your cash part of your income. And then you have expenses that are all related to the production of that income. And so you're looking at expenses where they could be marketing, it could be mileage for your business vehicle, it could be rent and office supplies and all of those things. This is a quick tip. I like to always promote QuickBooks Online because quite honestly, they set you up with a great chart of accounts and chart of accounts meaning a whole set of business expenses that you can typically write off, which is you know normal and reasonable to your type of business or industry. So it's really, really helpful when you start to use tools like QuickBooks Online to figure out what expenses you can actually deduct. There's more advice and more guidelines on the IRS website, but we're going to keep it simple for today. We talked about the income side of your business, and then you have the expense side of your business. And after you have your income and your expenses, you have what's called the net profit. And that net profit is, you know, just basically what you have left over. And for your general household income and normal expenses, you would have discretionary income. Well, in a business, it's called net income. In a household, it's called discretionary income. And that means you have profit left over to either reinvest back into your business or you can take that as a paycheck or buy new assets for your company to increase your sales. I get questions all the time on ways that you can invest back into your business and that would be equipment. Hiring somebody who maybe has a different skill set than you have to produce a new product or service. There's lots of different ways to invest back in. I'm not talking about investing like in stock. I'm talking about investing in particular fixed assets, meaning computer equipment, technology, or service type help to produce more revenue. And that's investing back in your company. I've also seen other people who are like looking at really solidifying their marketing information, their logos, their websites, things like that are all considered investments. They show up as expenses on your income statement, but those would be, in my mind, investments to help you create a a stronger brand that's going to, in the long run, actually increase your revenue. And so those are the types of things that I'm talking about when I say investment. So another question that I get is, when's a good time for me to start taking a paycheck? And to be honest, it's different for everybody. 
There are some businesses that are service-based businesses that really all it takes is that you are providing a service and you create revenue and you'll have some you know, minimal expenses, you know, your cell phone or maybe some office supplies or whatever. But, you know, service-based businesses typically create a lot of revenue fairly quickly or revenue and then net profit fairly quickly. And so the question usually is, you know, I'm a consultant. I'm, you know, been hired on this contract. I'm making a couple thousand dollars a week. And how do I then take that income, that net profit as a paycheck? Keeping that in mind, not everybody is in that position where they're making $2,000 a week, but you get the point. You're going to have some sort of net profit that you can take as a, a paycheck. Depending on how you're set up as a business, you could take it as a draw out of your company as a just a transfer from your business account to your personal account. Again, as a sole proprietor, that's the way you would want to do it. If you had an LLC, you would be taking the draw from your business account to your personal account, but keeping obviously those two accounts very separate. You do not want to commingle funds when you start having legal entities set up such as an LLC or a partnership going forward. Again, agree to you know what you think would be the best, let's say paycheck or draw that you need on a weekly basis and then start making that happen on a draw. So decide what you would like to be paid based on what your net profit is. And also keep in mind your taxes and what you're going to have to pay in for those taxes. So a lot of times people will take a draw and transfer it into what we would call a tax account. And they would also take a payroll check, which is not like the typical payroll check where you're receiving a W-2 at your end. It's just a draw. So that usually leads to the next question is like, how am I taxed on this income? That can be complicated. I think for small proprietors, those who are just getting started in businesses, the simplest way is to just file your tax return, put your business income on what they call a Schedule C for the 1040. And that Schedule C, then, you know, you will show your net profit at the bottom of that schedule, and then you will pay tax on that actual profit on your 1040 tax return. That's really the simplest way to get started in business and reporting your net profits to the IRS. I don't want to get too much more complicated than that in this particular podcast. I think this needs to be really kept to the basics so that you can follow me and then maybe send me some great questions to follow up on another podcast that we can do like part two. The tax on your 1040, usually depending on the size of the company and how much it grows, you will have paid estimated taxes throughout the year. Those are due in April, June, October, and January. And you just agree to send in those vouchers for the amount that you expect to have to pay in on those dates. If you're just getting started, you're probably not going to get into a situation where your tax liability is going to be quite so high. But I would say that if you have a net profit of more than $10,000, it's time to start getting appointments with your CPA, your accountant, and see what tax liability you're going to be dealing with for that particular year. I would say $10,000 net profit. And remember, that's total revenue minus total expenses equals net profit. 
Earlier on in this conversation, I mentioned commingling of funds. This is an area that trips up a lot of business owners in the beginning. It's understandable because, you know, you're thinking your business is you, you are your business, and that is not really how the federal government sees it. Once you start, you know, hanging your shingle and saying, hey, I'm doing business as this person. It's time to start looking at separating out your funds from your personal pretty early on. And another benefit to doing that is just really knowing exactly how much revenue is coming in, how much business expense you're actually expending, and then what your net profit is from your actual business. Otherwise, you commingle it with your spouse's income, the cost for babysitting, the cost for groceries, all that. It gets quite confusing and it's really hard to bookkeep. And that's an area we really have to simplify in order to get you off on the right foot. Number one thing, go into the bank, create a bank account just for the business and all the revenue that goes into the business and all the expenses that goes out for the business goes through just that bank account. And then, like I said a little earlier on in the podcast, I mentioned doing a transfer from your business account to your personal account for that quote unquote paycheck that you will be receiving for your efforts for the business. So I've had questions regarding if I get a bank account for the business, does it need to be within my current personal banking? And for me, it really just depends on how much you like your bank. The local banks are trusted and what a lot of people like to use, but I've always gone with a national bank only because of the ability to download my transactions. The technology is just so much better with the national banks than generally the local banks. And so I make my decision on my ease of bookkeeping. And so I've always gone with a national bank. And I have my personal banking and my business banking at two separate banks. I have decided a long time ago that my husband and my own personal banking would be done completely and separately from this other national bank. Just to keep things really clear, you know, it's not like an accident when you pick up the wrong credit card, you know exactly what credit card goes or debit card goes with your business account versus your personal account. So I just found it a lot easier to do my own banking like that. Commingling of funds, again, a big, big issue. So whatever you do, go to the bank, get a separate bank account for your business account, and then for your personal account, keep those separate as much as you can. Doesn't matter which banks you use, just make sure that it's completely separate from your personal expenditures. And keep in mind that every business account or every bank has different rules and things that they want you to have in order to open a business account. And so, you know, you'll need to check with your individual banking institution to see what types of documents they need to see in order to open that account. So I feel like we've covered, you know, the big picture items, sales and what that means, your expenses and what that means, and then what net profit does for you. And that net profit, meaning that's the whatever's left over <laughs> version of your business as far as revenue or cash flow, let's just say. And so I feel like this is the next thing to, we can really segue into. And we talk about cash flow. That's probably one of the number one issues that small businesses have is that you have this cash flow issue where you have to see the cash come in, of course, and that means cash inflow. And then you have cash outflow and the timing of those two things. 
And as your business grows, you'll need to really get tight around when to expect your revenue and when to expect your expenses so that you can continue to keep the doors open for your particular establishment. So whether you're doing a service-based business or a product-based business, I think it's exactly the same. You, you really just need to know the timing of all of your income and expenses. And again, QuickBooks Online is a great tool to use because it does help you track your receivables, meaning the monies that you are waiting to receive. And it helps you track your accounts payable, which is the funds you're needing to spend or pay in the next, what, 30, 60, 90 days. And so accounts receivable is really, really important to small business owners as you're learning how to invoice your customers and set up payment plans or policies and procedures around how you want to be paid and do business with your particular clients or customers. So that's one thing about cash flow. I think that's really important to get down early on is that those policies and procedures generally tend to happen unless you actually sit down and purposely set up that you want to be paid either upon receipt or if you're going to take credit cards, if you're going to take PayPal, there's so many different ways to receive your payment these days. And so, you know, having a good idea of what that's going to be in your policies, get that tight because that is going to help you so much down the line on knowing when your cash is going to be there and knowing that, you know, you only need to make a thousand dollars, let's say, to keep your basic fixed expenses covered for the month. There's a lot of security in knowing when that cash will be there to cover those expenses. So we've talked about accounts receivable. We've talked about revenue coming in. Let's talk about your accounts payable and expenses going out. A lot of people just have like this file folder that has all of your invoices or bills sitting in it just waiting for you to pay them. And that's how I got started. I understand it, it takes time to put some processes together so that you can really run your business. But the next step from that file folder is really just entering it into your accounts payable in your accounting system. And what that will do for you is we'll tell you when all your bills are due and what amount is due. And so you can run basically a report that will tell you, hey, I have to pay X number of dollars in the next week. And then you can obviously go back to your cash flow and know what types of cash flow are coming in so that you can time your income with your expenses. And that's really what you need to do in order to time your cash flow. And I think it's very, very similar to your household income and expenses. And if you put it and simplify it down to that exactly, I think it's a lot easier for business owners to, and brand new business owners, to wrap your head around what the financial health and wellness is of your company. And that big picture is what you're looking to do. Figure out where your income's coming from and where your expenses are going and keep a hold of those really tightly, especially in the first year or two as you're getting off the ground. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have more questions about, you know, anything that I talked about today, please go to Instagram at mod.ventures and send me a DM. Ask me your questions. I'll be glad to get back to you and send you some resources. I mean, this is a whole new world for you. And it's 
never too late to get started. And so if you're already into this like a year or two, it's okay. We can really help you get up to speed on what all of this means. Lots of people start businesses thinking of it more as a hobby. So they don't have a lot of policies and procedures in place. And quite honestly, you're not the only one. So if we can answer any questions for you, if we can help you in any way, please send us a message and we will either include it in a podcast or send you a direct message with all the answers. And don't forget, we do have a blog at modventuresllc.com. It just has a lot of amazing information. I've been blogging for many, many years, putting out a lot of small business advice from you know leadership and hiring and delegating to not just the basics, but pretty insightful things on compliance as well, just the up and coming changes that are happening for small business owners. Thanks so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard, make sure you are subscribed to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. To stay updated on all things Mod Ventures, check out our Instagram at mod.ventures. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Take care.